You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Exodus chapter 20, Exodus chapter number 20. Boy, we were talking yesterday, and it seems like during a time change, when it's so dark so early, it's like when 5 o'clock hits, it feels so late to us right now. Like my, my daughter was saying this. She said, Dad, it's like you guys, when, when it's dark outside, as soon as it's dark, it's like, well, it's too late to do anything, and it's like 5 o'clock. And I'm like, well, we're old, so that's part of the problem there. But uh, yeah, my wife and I got to have a date night last night to go out and eat a lot of MSG at, uh, at a Chinese restaurant. It was great. We had a P.F. Chang's and then crispy, not Krispy Kreme, Dairy Queen to top it off. So, yes, been a, it's been a good couple days here. Hope you've had a good week. Exodus chapter 20, we're looking at foundations of morality, talking about how the Bible and, the, and even just the Mosaic law here has been such a foundation for what we even know as morality. Now, here's the thing. If you think about evolution and you think about atheism, one of the the biggest factors about that of why it's just not real is they cannot tell you where morality comes from. They have no basis for why is something good. So they'll say, all of these things are okay. If you don't like a baby, just get rid of it. If you don't like this, just, but, they'll, but then they'll say, oh, but Nazis, man, that was wrong. What basis do they base that on? And atheism and evolution gives you no answers for morality. But uh, obviously those of us with the, the Bible view, the Judeo-Christian values here uh, that we're talking about, absolutely have a moral baseline because it's given to us by God in his word. And so understanding that, we've looked at the first three of the Ten Commandments, and the first four deal with our relationship with God. The next six deal with our relationship with one another. So this is the last one that's really, uh, of course, they all deal with the Lord, but uh, dealing specifically with our relationship to God. So let's look at Exodus chapter 20 tonight and verse number 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and hallowed it or made it holy. So we're going to pray and talk about remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Father, we ask for your blessings tonight. Thank you for folks coming out 
on a Wednesday night to study the Bible and uh, to spend time in prayer for one another. And I just pray that tonight would be uh, just a shot in the arm for some of our people that need to hear this message tonight. Help us to be paying attention, to get what we need, and uh, God, may you do a great work in our midst. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's answer a couple questions tonight on our way to the application that we will get to. First of all, let's talk about what is the Sabbath? What, what is that? What does that mean? Well, write this in. The word Sabbath, who knows what it means? What does it mean? I hear whispers. Someone with boldness say it. What does Sabbath mean? Wrong? No, I'm kidding. Yes, it is rest. That's what you're all afraid of, right? If I say it out loud, pastor's going to be like, wrong. No, you're right. It is. It's rest. That's what the word means, to rest. Was it already on the screen? Did you guys already see it? Okay, no. Uh, It means to rest. That's what Sabbath means. So remember the Sabbath day. Remember the rest day to keep it holy. Would you write this in? The Sabbath was the seventh day, the seventh day of the week. Now, I'm going to have you stay in the book of Exodus, but we're going to turn around a little bit to some other chapters. So look at Exodus 16. Go back to Exodus chapter 16. Exodus 16, 23. Exodus 16, 23. And he said unto them, this is that which the Lord hath said, tomorrow is the rest of the Holy Sabbath. Unto the Lord, bake that which you will bake today, and seethe that you will seethe, and that which remaineth over, lay up for you to be kept until the morning. Look at verse 25. And Moses said, Eat that today, for today is a Sabbath unto the Lord. Today ye shall not find it in the field. Six days shall ye gather it, but uh, on the seventh day... Nope, did I skip something there? Six days shall ye gather it, but on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, in it there shall be none. He's talking about the... Uh, the, the manna there that, uh, that God was going to give them. Verse 29. See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. <clears throat> Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh, seventh day. The, the Sabbath was Saturday. It was Saturday. A lot of people think the Sabbath just means Sunday, but it doesn't. It was the seventh day, which is Saturday. Sunday is not the Sabbath. Uh, Thirdly there, the Sabbath was a ceremonial law. In the book of Nehemiah, it talks about how, uh, I think I I give the reference I did. It just references that God gave them, the children of Israel came down, you know, sent Moses down from the mount with these laws and ordinances such as the Sabbath day. And so it was a ceremonial law for the children of Israel to keep it. There were, there were punishments for them if they did not keep it because it was, it was showing something. There is, uh, by the way, what you just read in Exodus 16 was the first reference of the Sabbath. There was no reference to the Sabbath with Abraham or Isaac or Jacob or anybody in the Old Testament. It came at the time of Moses. So there's no, uh, it's not mentioned before that. Now, it was already a part of their lives. We're gonna, we, we see that, that God had already instituted it here. But in Exodus 20, now it became law. Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. So we see what is the Sabbath that means to rest. It was the seventh day of the week. Why is it holy? Let's talk about this for a few minutes. Number one. This, or letter A, I guess, the, uh, the Sabbath was a sign between Israel and God. The Sabbath was a sign between Israel and God. 
The, the Old Testament Sabbath, and I'm going to get ahead of myself just a second here, but the, the Old Testament Sabbath has nothing to do with the church today. Okay, so, but we'll talk about that in a minute. It was a special covenant between God and the Jews, a special covenant there. Ezekiel 20 verse 12 says, Moreover also I gave them my Sabbaths to be a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctified them. Look at Exodus 31. Exodus 31. And again, he said, It's a sign between me and them that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctified them. So it was showing them something. Exodus 31. Look, if you would, now this whole, I know this introduction part is kind of digging into what the Sabbath was and all that, but it's leading somewhere, so stay with me. Exodus 31, verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily, or truly, my Sabbath ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify you. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Now again, this is when they're in the wilderness wanderings. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath according to the generations for a perpetual covenant. The covenant is a two-way contract, okay? So it, it, it's, uh, that's what's happening here. It's a, it is a sign, verse 17, between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days, here's what it's saying the sign is. For in six days, the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. So it, the first thing we see there, it was a sign, a covenant between Israel and God. But secondly, the Sabbath filled us and separated the children of Israel from other nations, the, the Sabbath separated the children of Israel from other nations. It made them different. In Deuteronomy chapter number 5, verse 15, the Bible says, and Remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Because he's brought them out of Egypt. So why was Israel supposed to keep the Sabbath? What what did that show other people? Their observance of the Sabbath was a witness to the Gentile nations that surrounded them. They observed the Sabbath. and, And other people did not. And doing that, it was a witness to the Gentile nations that they were devoted to God. They were devoted to their God, and, uh, and it was a recognition that their God was the true God. Their God was the creator of the world. Because they're symbolizing something, which we'll see next here, number next. The Sabbath was a memorial of the creation of the world. Of the creation of the world. Let's go back to chapter 20. So, so God had, had did this, God did this for Israel. He did it as a sign or as a token. It separated them from other nations. So other nations would see, okay, they're really dedicated to their God. They're not doing anything on the Sabbath day. They're not partying. They're not working. They're not doing any of that because they've set this day aside to do something with their God. That's what it it was a witness to other nations, but it was memorializing 
God's creation of the world. It was showing people that, hey, we are worshiping the one true God, the creator of the world. In chapter 20, it even says this in verse 10. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, and it shalt thou do no work, verse 11. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So, you know, we, we've said this before, does, did God need a break after creating? No, he didn't need a break. He's omnipotent God. Did God need, you know, a, a rest after that? No, it was, it was a picture for the Jewish people of how they were to live. When they observed the Sabbath, they were honoring their creator God. When they observed the Sabbath, they're remembering that God created and then God rested. It was meant to be, and here's what I want to get to. Here's, here's, here's the, the crux of it all. It was meant to be a day of rest and worship. It was meant to be a day of rest and worship. That's what the Sabbath was about. So, having said that, let's answer another question here. Are Christians supposed to observe the Sabbath? Well, nowhere in the New Testament are Christians commanded to keep the Sabbath. First of all, underneath that. It is, in fact, the only commandment not referenced in the New Testament for Christians to observe. In John chapter 5, verse 16 through 18, Jesus, and in other places, Jesus was criticized for not keeping the Sabbath. And uh, when you think about all of the laws and, and, and the, the things that were mentioned in the New Testament, the commandments, uh, uh, you know, in Galatians chapter 5 and 2 Timothy chapter 2, it lists a lot of the sins of man, and Sabbath breaking isn't one of them. When Jesus listed the commandments, Sabbath breaking wasn't one of them. So it's not mentioned in the New Testament for the church. Letter B, write this in please. No, uh, with his death on the cross, Christ took away the requirements from such days as holy days or new moon observances and Sabbath day restrictions. I won't make you turn there, but Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says this. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Let no man therefore uh, judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or a holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. So God, Christ did away with that on the cross. Letter C, New Testament Christians met on the first day of the week, which was, it is Sunday. And I give you some references there. And by the way, we call it the Lord's Day. In, uh, in Revelation, it is called the Lord's Day. Why? Well, of course, Jesus Christ rose on the first day of the week. That's why I believe the disciples were meeting first day of the week. But it is one day set aside out of seven, dedicated to the worship, honor, and praise of God. That's what the Lord's Day is. That's what Sunday is. It's one day out of seven. Now, we're supposed to worship God every day. We're supposed to praise God every day. But that one day, that Sunday, is supposed to be a day where, hey, we are giving it all to the Lord. It is a day for the Lord. And again, I know, 24-7 Christian, we're supposed to be it. But on Sundays, we've seen a decline in that over the years in churches, where people no longer consider Sunday a day to be given to God. It's a day for football or, or soccer or you know basketball or whatever it may be. Oh, this all-star weekend, I can't come to church. And we have lost that idea of just 
there is a day where we are just dedicating ourselves to serve the Lord. But I want to show you really what I believe the chief or primary teaching of this is for us today. And here's what I want to get to and spend a minute on. What does it mean for me and you today? So you said, Pastor, you said all of that to say that we don't have to observe it? Well, yeah, I wanted you to understand what it was. Because there are still people today that celebrate the Sabbath or have church on the seventh day of the week. Seventh day Adventist. Seventh day. So there's other places that believe this kind of thing. I want you to write this in. The, The primary teaching for us is the same idea that it was for them of rest and worship. Rest and worship. And I just want to say, in 21st century America, we need the message of rest and worship. We need that message. Can I just tell you, listen to your pastor tonight. You need, the the shepherd is speaking to the sheep. Some of you need rest. You need rest. Why do we, in our culture, feel so guilty about rest? You work a 60-hour week, you take a 20-minute nap, and you feel guilty. Anybody else? Or is it just me? Like, I I work a long week, and sometimes I want to just be alone. But we have been conditioned to say, well, if you're not doing something, then you are doing something wrong. But rest is essential. Rest is necessary. Rest is something that we'll see, I think I wrote it on your sheet here, both physical rest and spiritual rest are necessary, undeniable, you can't deny that you need them, and inflexible. You can't You can't bend on that. You can't compromise on this. You have to have rest. I've taken red-eye flights before, going from Illinois to, sorry, from college, from Santa Clara, California, to to Little Rock, Arkansas, for a funeral for my grandparents before. I've I've taken red-eye flights, and you you just don't sleep. and And you get up in the morning, and you're just exhausted. And we are living exhausted. Now, you know I don't drink coffee, but probably the only reason I drink coffee is because I can't drink coffee. I probably would drink coffee if I could, but I can't. And uh, But I'm going to get on you for drinking coffee, you know. But, uh, you know, we're living on coffee. uh, No amens there? You bunch of hypocrites. You say, well, Pastor, you're serving coffee in the foyer. I'm sorry, we're hypocrites. But no, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying, but we're living on it. I I know people that, I, I, I worked with a guy at Google when I was in college. He drank four energy drinks per day on shift four per day now some of you work crazy hours you work through the night or you've got 12 hour shifts but we've got to prioritize rest we're falling apart at the seams and we're wondering why why is depression up why are, is despondency up? Why are divorces up? I'm going to tell you, there's a multitude of reasons, but have you just considered the fact that we're exhausted? That we're being pumped full of caffeine just to keep ourselves awake as we drive to and from work? It's not the way God made us to live. I worked the night shift when I was in college. How many of you work the night shift? I know some of you do. I know many of you do. The night, I don't think anybody was ever meant to work the night shift. Maybe Dracula, you know, some vampire. I don't, I, 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 I'm a, I'm a late, I'm a night owl. I like to stay up late. 
But I worked the night shift for a semester. I could get four hours of sleep per night. Four hours of sleep per night for a semester because I had weird classes and I had work where I had a, a schedule in the afternoon and a schedule till 3 a.m. So I really didn't have time to sleep. And so I would get to bed. I would get to bed sometimes at 3 in the morning and wake up at 5 so I could do my devotion before I went to school. And so in the afternoon, I sleep two hours. So four hours, but on two-hour increments. Can I tell you what I remember about that semester? That much. I, I, I got A's in my classes, but by the grace of God, two classes, I over-absenced. So explain that one. And I, you know what I learned at that time is that you people are not meant to do that. It's not safe for our bodies. But, but we, we, we live in a culture where you are either extremely lazy or you're a workaholic. You're either on video games for eight hours a day, addicted to your cell phone, or you're overworking to compensate. And there has got to be a healthy medium. Does God want you to work hard? Yes. Is there times where you're supposed to stop working? Yes. And the Lord took a day. The Lord took a day out of seven. Why did he do that? Because you need a day. Because I need a day. We all need a day. And absolutely, my day is Monday. I guard my Mondays. I don't always get the full day off. But I, I, guard, I want to guard my Mondays. Say, what do you do on Mondays? A lot of times I sleep in, and I get food, and I take a nap. Say, why? Because I'm go, go, go six days a week, just like you. And we need, we need time off. You can compromise on some things, but you cannot compromise on physical rest and spiritual rest. You, you can't do that. Your physical health will suffer. Your spiritual health will suffer. Your relationships will suffer. Your children will suffer. Everybody suffers. Right? I don't think it's, I think it's just on your sheet. You must learn to rest if you want to have good physical health. You must learn to rest if you want good spiritual health. You go to bed every night. Well, pastor, I, I sleep every night. I go to bed. Yeah, but when do you rest? When I sleep. That's not always rest. I've had sleep that wasn't very restful, have you? When do you actually rest? You go to sleep every night, but, but when do you actually get caught up on your rest? You read your Bible and pray every day, but when do you get caught up on your rest and worship? Spiritually. When do you resort to Jesus to charge those spiritual tanks? Now, I put a, I don't know if I put the, the verse on the, on, the, on the screen here, but Mark chapter 6, verse 30, here it is. Mark 6, 30, 31, look at this. And the apostles gathered themselves unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. So Jesus had sent them out, and now they're coming back. And he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. They did not even have time to eat, they were saying, is what that means. And so Jesus sees his disciples coming in and out and going in and out everywhere. And he says, you need to come apart. One preacher said, come apart for a while or you'll come apart. Come apart or you'll come apart. And I wonder how many tonight, how many of you are coming apart? You're coming apart at the seams because rest physically may or may not be there. But rest spiritually is not there. There's a difference. There's a difference between physical and spiritual rest. I, I heard a preacher teach this, uh, uh, th this thought here the, uh, about the idea of the desert place. 
It says, Jesus said, coming apart to a desert place. What's in a desert place? It's a deserted place. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. And I know many of us are like, yeah, pastor, I'll go, to, I'll go on a vacation. Send me to that deserted place. My screensaver, it's, a, it's an island somewhere, and I want to go there. But you can't always do that. But you can still resort to a desert place. So, well, how do you do that? Because you know it's in a desert place? Nothing. But Jesus did not say, go to the desert place. He said, come to the desert place. So if nothing else is there, you know what is there. Jesus is there. Come apart where it's just you and him. See, you can have a vacation tomorrow, spiritually, if you'll find a place where it is just you and God. Did y'all hear that? You can have a vacation spiritually tomorrow if you just find a place. It could be in your car, in the parking lot of work. And you come apart and you say, God, it is me and you for these next 30 minutes. God, it is me and you for these next two hours. God, it is me and you for as long as it takes. And I'm going to come apart. And I'm going to spend time getting spiritually refreshed. Do you need sleep? Absolutely, you need sleep. No matter how manly you are in here, you need sleep, okay? But you know what you also need? You need time apart with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is spiritual rest. That is spiritual rejuvenation. That's going to keep you going. That's going to keep you in church and keep you faithful. That's how you're going to find rest. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 11? Think about what we just learned and and think about what Jesus said. This is the first reference of rest in the New Testament. Come unto me, all ye that labor, work, and are heavy laden, you're burdened down, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. People are burning out everywhere. They're burning out at work. They're quitting work. They're burning out in church, so they're quitting church. And the easiest way to burn out in church is to be serving God without resorting to be with God. That's the easiest way to burn out, is when you're serving. You're teaching Sunday school. Hey, you're preaching from the pulpit. You're serving in a team but you've not resorted to God throughout the week. That is the fastest way for you to burn out. You have to find spiritual rest. Nobody's got to tell you to sleep. You know you got to sleep. We know that. But you also know you got to pray. You got to be in the word of God. Why? It's going to refresh you. That is what you absolutely need. Interestingly enough, there is another place the Bible refers to as rest. You know what it is? Heaven. I gave you references there. You can look up later. But Jesus says when you die, you get to enter into his rest. Now think about that. Heaven is eternal rest. Now, there will be work. (laughs) There will be jobs. There will be, you know, I got to work a nine to five in heaven? I got to L.A. traffic in heaven? No. Because it wouldn't be heaven if L.A. was there. No, I'm kidding. All right. Uh, no, if L.A. traffic. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, no, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying there will be a response. Just like Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. There was no toil. There, it wasn't hard to work. There was no sweat of the brow. No thorns in the ground. No pain. No suffering. 
And heaven will be that same way, but it's a rest of your labors, the Bible says. No, no, no more having to worry about, when am I going to catch up on sleep? No more worrying about, hey, I got 16 kids and they're all waking up at the same time and they all need dad, they all need mom. and they all... there's, there's no more of that. It's an eternal rest. But here's the beautiful thing, is that God gave you and I the ability to have a piece of that now in our quiet time with God. He gave us that ability to say, hey, you're going to get to that eternal rest one day, but you can have some of that heaven on earth right now if you'll just shut out the crowd and you'll find a deserted place somewhere. could be your bedroom. could be anywhere. And you say, you know what? I'm going to where Jesus is. And I'm going to go to the throne of grace. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to be in my Bible. And I'm going to rest in him. I'm going to worship. And you go to the Bible. Don't, sometimes, I've got to find something. Just, sometimes you just need to go to the Bible and just read it and let it just soak in. I'm not looking for anything. I'm just reading. And when God wants to speak to me, he will. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to be in Psalms. I'm just going to be in Proverbs. I'm just going to be in the book of John. I'm just going to be in the book of Acts. I'm just going to be in the book. I'm just going to read First John. I'm just going to be in the book and let God get all over you. That's, that's what you need. That's what you need tonight. Can I ask you, are you getting enough rest physically? Take care of the body God gave you. If the body goes, you no longer can serve. You're limited. Take care of it. But are you also getting enough rest spiritually? The last blank there. Is it time for you to prioritize coming apart before you fall apart? Come apart before you fall apart. Find a way. There's got to be a way to catch up on some physical rest. There's got to be a way to catch up on some spiritual rest. 